fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me, so you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30 something movie podcast. Yes, hello and welcome to the Friendly Fire Podcast. This is episode number three. Uh, We are going to be talking uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure tonight. Is this the one where Mr. Miyagi jumps out of an airplane and then works a clay pottery wheel? Uh, This is the one where Mr. Miyagi is the foreign exchange student and has the new style American girlfriend. That's it. Yes. So close. And he drives the car into a lake, a big lake. Big lake. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, sexy girlfriend. <laughs> and as he leaps from the car, as it's going to the lake, he leaps from the car and he catches a fly in a pair of chopsticks. Ooh, I like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that is a movie called Karate Candles. Oh, I like that too. Yeah. How are you doing, Pat? Well, I'm doing pretty good. I'm a week late, but if I can just sum up uh, the discussion for uh, Mermaids... Wow, share share's pretty hot. That's what I'm no, going to say. No, you're, you're not actually a week late. You're two weeks early. I am early to tell you <laughs> that, wow, share's really hot. There we go. <laughs> I was a fan. So what are you guys talking about? Well, I heard we, Mr. We, we did heard say we did say for, for the Mermaids episode, we did say that uh, we figured about two-thirds of the budget was probably for her hair. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would concur with that. Yeah. I would concur with that. <laughs> Um, no, we were just we were lamenting about all the time travel that we're doing lately because we just recorded Mermaids, which is episode number two eighty seven. Mm-hmm. This one will be episode number two eighty five, and then you mm-hmm. and I recorded two eighty six a week ago. Oh my gosh! So when well, will mm-hmm. then be now? Yes. Okay, and and to further take it on a slight tangent, I just got to say time travel, John. I knew you kind of fell out of watching Arrow, uh, yeah. Bo. I'm not sure if you still watch Arrow. I thought it was. And after season seven, and then all of a sudden season eight popped up on my Netflix. Mm-hmm. Holy buckets of season eight. Amazing. And if you like time travel, all that timey wimey stuff, mm-hmm. you might really, it might be worth it to hang in there and check out um, uh, season eight of Arrow. Okay. And the, the whole, cr- the whole crossover, you know how they do the four part crossover. Well, right. Cause I did watch the crossover. So I know a little bit about, I know a little bit about like certain characters that show up and yeah. And, things that and happen. The, and I was reading a review and I only, I kind of fell asleep and then Netflix bumped up and then I ended up watching, you know, waking up in the middle of part of the crossover. Mm-hmm. But there was this one critic that said that that crossover, if you played it like a regular movie, could almost possibly like rival Endgame in terms of just epic. It was, oh, it was the parts it was of it I've seen were crazy. I haven't seen them all, but yeah. So yeah, anyways, it was, it was great. Yeah. So anyways, that's just my, uh, that's just my little contribution to time travel and, uh, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. I when I watched that crossover, the it was probably not even five minutes. The five minutes they spent on the scene mm-hmm. that was the Smallville, uh, Clark Kent and Lois mm-hmm. Lane from the Smallville mm-hmm. TV show. I was like, you know what? I, that's all I need to see. I'm good. 
That's it. I, I don't really I need anything it. else. I, we've, we've, you've now shown me like one of my favorite shows ever. You, you've given me five more minutes of it, and I'm very happy. There it is. There it is. Yeah, that was a fun crossover. <sighs> so there it is. All right. No, we were just we were kind of joking that like the last few times that we've recorded when I first got started, mm-hmm. like I I've completely have I've blanked out on the name of our podcast, on the name of the movie mm-hmm. that we're doing, on the number of the episodes. So I I told Bo that um this time I had double checked, I got it all right. So then I started off and I said, Welcome to the Friendly Fire Podcast. It's episode number oh three. God. We're talking Pee Wee's oh Big Adventure gosh. this time around. That's outstanding. Yeah, I heard that. <clears throat> I heard that. Oh, Welcome man. to the Friendly Fire Podcast. This time we'll be talking Firestarter. And I, 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 I just have to let you know, I, I will be standing for the duration of this podcast because <laughs> I can't afford the, the repair work <clears throat> for driving my car into a snowbank, listening mm-hmm. to me falling asleep and sleep mm-hmm. talking to all of you guys during that podcast. That was, that was that unbelievably awesome? funny. That, that was, was so much fun. And Tammy was sitting there. Tammy was busting her gut. She goes, oh, my God. Now everybody knows. Now everybody <laughs> knows what I deal with. That is what I deal with. What she has basis. put up with for years yeah. and years and years. Yes. And she says, that's mm-hmm. it. That's it. Exactly. You're, yep. you're like trying to talk. You're, you're, I. Well, cause and it was, funny. and it was, you were so serious. It was so funny. Cause you're like, and, and you know, here's what I think with the, with, and the, and the thing with the, with the stuff and the, but really the, yeah. what it comes down to is, yeah. But, but then the best part was, I was like, Oh, I'm, 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 it's coming in and out. I think I'm, I think yeah. I'm having tech difficulties and yeah. I'm just, I'm just okay. And it's, it's the, the audio is coming out. Can, can you hear me? Can, mm-hmm. And then it's just quiet. And you're just like, so uh, maybe it just fell asleep. <laughs> and, then I'm, and then there's a pause and I'm just like, Oh, and maybe, then, and then, and then, and then the best part was when we, when I, you get me back on track, you go, so, uh, so what do you think about the movie? Gremlins two? Yeah. Gremlins two. Oh, oh. Well, I think it's a fun movie. I mean, it's, I, oh my gosh. And I listened back and honestly, my recollection is when you said we're going to do the trailer. And the next thing I knew, I kind of, that I remember was coming to while I was talking about Gremlins 2. Like, I don't remember the, I don't remember the whole coming in and out. I don't remember that. I don't mm-hmm. remember Pat, you fell asleep. And then, so, so what do you think about Gremlins 2? Yeah, Gremlins 2. What do you think about it? Well, let me tell you, John. Oh my God, that was funny. Oh man. So I'm standing up because I can't afford laughing hard enough to make me crash my car into a snowbank. So anyways, <laughs> all right. It's the 30 something movie podcast episode number 285. This time around, we are watching ghost dad. <laughs> See, I, that one I did on purpose. I know we're doing ghost. I just wanted to, you know, before we started, re- let's pull back the curtain yet again. Uh, I feel like at this point there should be no curtain. We pull it back all the time. So I just, we can, you know, a sliding so warn people around. before you're going to pull the curtain back. Well, you never know what's back true, there. Too. You, you don't know what's behind the curtain. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So make sure you have pants. Pants are important. Um, but uh, we, we were joking that like some of the last few episodes, I have completely, when the moment came and I was supposed to do the, you're listening to the 30 something, that, that whole thing, that I've completely blanked out on both the name of our podcast and the movie we are doing. So I've like been practicing. I'd like to say for the last several weeks now, I've been practicing in front of a mirror so I don't screw this up again. But so, no, I know we're not doing Ghost Dad. We're doing Ghost. It's two completely different movies. We're doing Ghost. Ghost. Ghost is what it is. Okay. So anyway, Ghostbusters. Great movie. 
I liked it. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for the new one to come out. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I, though I feel kind of bad. I guess if Patrick Swayze had stuck around for too much longer, then I'm sure the Ghostbusters would have shown up and they would have had to take him out. It's true. Hey, you guys. Hey, hey you hey. guys. Jeff's back. <laughs> <laughs> Right here in Disneyland. <laughs> oh man, Dennis, what's happened to your voice, uh, man? Um, I mean, coaching again, yelling at kids. Okay. No, no. Encouraging them forcefully and loudly. Not yelling at kids. No, it's, it's, yeah, no, just it's yelling. <laughs> that was week one. The encouraging. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. You're way beyond the encouragement <laughs> phase now. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, as I said before, this is episode number 285. We are talking about Ghost this time around. So very, very quickly, um, we spoil the movies. We spoil freely, so just be warned. Uh, we're not going to do any other spoiler alerts other than this, this right here. So uh, iTunes reviews, leave us a leave us a five-star review. Six, if you can figure out how to do a six-star review. If you want to like take a Sharpie and mark it on your uh, computer screen, go ahead and do that too. Um, actually, don't do that. The 30-something movie podcast does not condone marking your computer screen with a Sharpie. Um, and then visit our website, 30podcast.com, and there's all the different ways you can interact with us there. Twitter, voicemail, Facebook, all that fun stuff. So uh, we have almost a full crowd here with us tonight. So we've got uh, Pat. We've got Dennis is back. It's been a while, Dennis. Yeah. So I don't remember the last, I don't remember the last one you were on, but. Alive. I know. He's I alive. Think, I don't even think I've seen you in person for a while. No, I know. It's yeah. been a while, yeah. Uh, and I've got Bo with me here too. So happy to be back. So yeah. So we are all here tonight for Ghost, um, and I think we're just going to jump right on in. Uh, is there anything now? We we I'm pulling back the curtain yet again. We just got to get rid of the curtain because you know we keep we keep pulling it back here. But um, we are recording a bunch of these episodes completely out of order. So we're trying to keep it straight in our own heads. What week we're on and what time it is and what universe we're in. Um, But at this point in time, the Oscars were just a couple of days ago. Is there anything from the Oscars? You know, I I remember hearing that this one was, they were down like 6 million fewer viewers than they've had in the past. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I admittedly, I watched no more than like five or 10 minutes of it. I had not seen a lot of the movies that were out for best picture, things like that. Um, Was there anything for any of you guys watch the Oscars? I, I did. I watched part of them. Okay. Um, I thought Eminem was awesome. I thought uh, it was. See, I heard about was, that, but I didn't see that. I didn't see that part. Yeah, it it uh, it was pretty awesome. And uh, I, I don't know the degree that I, I mean, I, I hope everything was live and no lip syncing and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, he had a horn section. He had a string section. He had a rhythm section. He had turntables. Nice. I mean, it was uh, I, I thought it was pretty awesome. You know. I did um, not. I, I had we had witnessed a bunch of it, so I saw a, a good amount. I saw the beginning. The beginning was a bit weird, but then um, kind of checked back, and you could fast forward nowadays, which is nice. So if you just kind of let it record or keep it on, then you can go back and you know cut to the big awards that you want to see. So yeah, I saw most of the big stuff. It it made me it made my daughter want to go see the next day Parasite, which she did, mm-hmm. and it makes me want to go see that pretty bad. So it did have that effect. Okay. Cause I'm like, what is this movie that is better than 19, you know, 17 and 19 and it's in the Joker, you know, I'm like, like better be good. Yeah. Yeah. That's usually when I would watch the Oscars, that was usually what it was for. It was for me to sit there and go, all right, what have I not seen this year that when I find this on yeah. DVD somewhere, I'll, you know, finally give it a try. But, um, yeah, I, I think I commented to somebody somewhere. I said, you know, I, I really don't think the last time I felt like I had seen 
a, even a decent portion of the movies that were up for awards was back in 2004. Um, wow. I was working at the movie theater, so we had free tickets to be able to get into movies whenever we wanted to. So that year, um, I don't know that I saw all of them, but I think Sharon ended up seeing every movie that was up for best picture that year, just because while I was at work, she could come in and watch free movies if she wanted to, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and be there when I got off work and we could just drive home together. So I think that year, that was the year of like master and commander mystic river. Um, was that return of the King was that year? Yeah. So I think that was the year that we had actually seen the majority of the best picture movies. Beyond that, it's it's only ever been like one or two every two years. It's a decent year to have seen them all though. Right. Right. All right. Well, should we uh should we give up the ghost? Yes. Why Let's not? Let's do it. Our movie this time around is Ghost. It was released on the 13th of July, 1990, rated PG-13 with a runtime of two hours, seven minutes. Director was Jerry Zucker, who also did Airplane and Ruthless People. Producer on this one was Lisa Weinstein, who did Fatal Exposure. Writer on this one was Bruce Joel Rubin, who did Deep Impact and Jacob's Ladder. Cinematography by Adam Greenberg, who did Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Alien Nation, and Rush Hour. Music by Maurice Jarre, who died in 2009. Also did the music for Dr. Zhivago, The Mosquito Coast, and Dead Poet Society. Budget was $22 million. Box office was $505.7 million. Rotten Tomatoes critics give it a 73%. Rotten Tomatoes audience gives it an 80%. IMDb gives it a 70%. Letterboxd gives it a 66%. And CinemaScore gives it an A. Starring Patrick Swayze, who died in 2009. He played Sam Wheat. He was in Dirty Dancing, Roadhouse, and Point Break. Demi Moore played Molly Jensen. She was in Indecent Proposal and About Last Night. Tony Goldwyn played Carl Bruner. He was in The Last Samurai and The Pelican Brief. Whoopi Goldberg played Odame Brown. She was in The Sister Act and The Color Purple. Uh, Rick Aviles, I think it's Aviles, Aviles. I knew I was going to mess that one up. Died in 1995. He played Willie Lopez. He was in The Cannonball Run and Waterworld. Phil Leeds played The Emergency Room Ghost. He was in Rosemary's Baby and Frankie and Johnny. Vincent Schiavelli, who died in 2005, played the subway ghost. He was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Amadeus. And Stephen Root played the police sergeant. He was in Office Space and the man in the high castle. Here is the trailer, and we'll be back in just a moment. What's the matter? Seems like uh, whenever anything good in my life happens, I'm just afraid I'm going to lose it. I really love you. What do you want? Somebody! Somebody! Somebody help us! What's happening? It's like I think about you every minute. It's like I can still feel you. The problem with you is you still think you're real. It's all up here now. You want to move something, you got to move it with your mind. <laughs> Molly, why can't you hear me? Who is that? You can hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, Sam Wheat. Say my name. Say it. Leave me alone. Hello? I get a message from Sam. What? Sam Wheat? He asked me to call. Once you go to police, he said it was a setup. He was murdered. She said Sam knew who killed him. Are you out of your mind? I mean, what are you going to tell the police? She knew things, private things. I know about the green underwear that you wrote your name on. Well, this psychic woman's got a record that goes back a long way. Don't you see? I'm not a fake. I don't know what's real anymore. Don't open him. Don't open the damn door. He's a murderer. Why are you 
doing this to me? You hear me? Why are you doing this to me? Sam's dead. Tell her I love her. He says he loves you. Sam would never say that. You gotta take all your anger, all your love, all your hate, and then let it explode. Molly? Molly, you in danger, girl. We are back, and as always, our questions are adapted from the book Focus, The Art and Soul of Cinema by Tony Watkins, so we're going to start off with our typical first question here. I, I Well, not our first question, but I don't think this is the first time viewing it for anybody. I'm going to make that assumption right off the bat. So our typical first question that we have started with uh, a lot lately has been, without going too much into plot details and things like that, just initial emotional gut reaction, how does this movie make you feel? Well, I'll, uh, I'm going to jump right in. I'm going to say this was a first time view for me. Was it really? I had not, I had not seen this. Uh, I had not seen this movie before. And so I was, uh, you know, to quote the guy from hunt for Red October, uh, I was kind of curious to see what all the hubbub's about. I've been curious for the last 30 years. Anyways, to make my comments brief, um, I was, I found it heartwarming. I found it like the proverbial emotional roller coaster. I found it sad. I found it exciting. I found it scary. Um, I was I was very surprised by it. I guess I didn't expect to get what I got out of it. Um, I think Patrick Swayze is awesome. I mean, that guy's like that guy's just a stud, uh, or was. Um, and uh, Whoopi Goldberg was amazing uh, in it. Demi Moore was great. Um, I I just the whole thing, top to bottom. I thoroughly enjoyed that movie and found myself going to people and saying, Hey, do you remember that movie? You know, and just saying, Oh yeah, I remember that movie. Oh, you got to see it again. I just saw it and it's yeah. So pleasantly surprised. And I just absolutely love the movie. So, so I got to ask a question then. So at our faculty meeting, when there was a little bit of, of a reboot of a scene, that really meant nothing to you then, did it? Oh, well, no, because, <laughs> uh, well, that meant, that meant a lot to me, Dennis, uh, much of which I can't. It'd be pretty strange watching that if you had not seen that movie. Den- Dennis, I could have seen the movie a hundred times and that would have been strange watching the reboot. But um, in, in, in answer to your question. Are we talking about the incident with Marilyn's pottery wheel? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. I figured um, it had to be a pottery wheel thing. Yeah. But you know, it's funny, Dennis, it's like, uh, you bring up a good point. This movie is such a part of popular culture. I feel like all the, the gist of it, I I felt like I knew and like that scene I heard about and seen. So I like, and that's what I think helped with the surprise is like, I'd heard so many people talk about it. It was like, okay, finally I'm going to see it. And it was, it was so much more than just what everyone was talking about. Do, okay. Do you get what I'm saying? So, yeah. I, so that that I'm a little disappointed that after seeing ours, you didn't rush right out and want to watch it the next day. Um, there was a lot that I wanted to rush out and do the next day, but again, I, I really <laughs> not, I besides I, the bathroom, I, I can't I can't talk about him because this is you know, it's it's uh, it's Bo's turn. It's Bo's turn to talk. So I got to just I'm gonna have to take my comments off the air. Oh, I think Pat said a lot of what I was thinking. I had had been a long time since I saw this. Um, and I, I have to admit, I was not, ex- excuse me, I was not expecting to go in and enjoy it. My last memory of this movie was just kind of like, okay. 
it's ghost. I, I never really saw the hubbub about it, but I enjoyed it a lot. Um, it made me feel the roller coaster that Pat talked about for sure. I think at the end, it, 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 it closure, I think is the word, you know, you, when there's, when there's death, everybody handles it a little differently. And I think feeling that closure at the end, it, it was a good thing. I would, you know, it's, um, I mean, I know there's the, like, I, I totally agree. I think I try to always think of like how I would describe that, but like it, it, without sounding, I don't know, um, I guess PC or, in, you know, I've got a lot of people think it's like a, a chick flick, but, and I think it sort of is, but it's one of those chick flicks that like, I bet you, you know, 99.9% of all guys are going to like, Oh yeah. So yeah. it's like a male, like totally acceptable. Like you, you could watch this film again. Like I, I saw it originally back then. And then I just recently saw it with my daughter and she saw it and it was just enjoyable watching it the second time. It's got enough stuff in there that it doesn't feel like some just cheesy. It's got a good story. And then I'm looking at the whole kind of, solving the you know the puzzle and solving the the you know what happened and who did this and then you know getting kind of you know trying to to, to again get that closure to everything um yeah it's just a satisfying movie all around so while some people liked it for like the whole kind of chick flick type of feel um it just it stands alone as a really good movie mm-hmm. agreed i mean I even it's weird I, I i know it's not the same movie but in some ways some ways i often thought like kind of you know it reminds me a little of the less serious crow because mm. like crow you know a guy comes back from you know and, and try and gets the people who did this to him and broke up this beautiful love story and you know and obviously a less violent form of it but still <laughs> kind of the same sort of not plot but theme so play off on that i guess and then whoopi goldberg's excellent in it too amazing isn't she yeah I think that's probably, I mean, a lot of people I know like Sister Act and everything else, but I think in this one, she's just perfect for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think for me, that's, that's what does it. It's just the balance of everything. Like you said, Dennis, it's, you've got, you know, you've got some action pieces to it. You've got a mystery that you're trying to figure out, um, you know, some, some, some humor, some intrigue. You've got the humor um, and, and not just from Whoopi Goldberg. You've got plenty of humor for Patrick Swayze too. And some of the other kind of yeah. ghost characters that we see throughout this movie. You've got the love story piece of it. You've got the 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 subplot of just dealing with the loss and everything else and um i thought of two things when i when i was watching the movie this time around i think this is the first time that i have seen this movie since well i i i've had you know i growing up we never had a lot of a lot of deaths in our family and it just kind of all of a sudden in the last like 6 7 maybe 8 or so years um both of my grandfathers have passed. My dad has passed. There's just my, you know, my, my aunt has passed. So there's just been a lot in the last seven or eight years or so. And I, so I think that the, the loss, the death and the loss part of this movie was particularly pronounced when I watched this. Time. Like that's what I keyed in on most this time was putting myself in that place. And, you know, just as, as she's dealing with the loss and the grief. And then as he's dealing with the helplessness of being in this state where he, he wants to do something to protect her, but you know, he's, he's, he doesn't have the power to do that anymore, at least at the beginning. Um, you know, I think that was something the, the, the death piece of it and the grieving piece of it. I think that really stuck out to me more this time since it had been a while since I'd watched it and, and all those things had transpired in real life. The other thing too, when we talked about the movie always last year, and I think we made some of those comparisons. We said, well, you know, always seems a lot like ghost, 
and it came out uh, about a year or so before Ghost did. But you've got you know some similar themes and you know which one's a better movie and 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 watching this this time around, I think at the time I said that always in some ways was a little more satisfying for me than Ghost was. But now I I'd have to I think I'd have to go back and revisit that having watched Ghost again. Um, that doesn't mean that I I you know like the movie always any less than I did before. I, I still love that movie. Um, but it's just as much as they have similar, similar beats and similar plot points and, and, you know, they, they do some very similar things. It is two very different movies. And so I think I, if, if I said that in the always episode, I think I would go back and, and just say, you know what, I, I would need to watch the two of these close together in order to probably decide. Cause I think at the time I said, I liked always better or, or maybe that it was a, better movie overall but there was I, I just got more out of watching ghost this time around than i had in the past yeah and i think the the whole you know thing on death i mean i you you like i said it you've you've encountered a lot of that in the last you know, how many years and for me it was like i had a decade where i encountered all of the same things so i i think you know when you when you do go through that there is a there is a um a, di- a different i guess deeper sense of watching the movie and and i think it it does such a good job of, you know, we often think about the living and their grieving, which a lot of movies cover, but in some ways, like you said, he's trying to helplessly, you know, he's watching her grieve and he can't do anything about it. So when you flip it around like that, it's almost like the, the, wow, like if the people, if they see you grieving, it's hurting them too. So in some ways it helps, I think people move on knowing that, you know, it's not you just grieving, it's, maybe the spirits of those people who have passed are watching you grieve as well. And it's still hurting them to a, to a certain degree, you know, to watch that. So you want to get back in your life and live and, 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 and whether that's making those people proud or whether that's um, just, you know, enjoying your life and that, you know, that that's going to make them happy eventually as well. So um, I think it, it adds a little bit of a more of a deeper dimension to it than just your traditional love story. And in a way they're, they're, they're the romantic part of this also played out in death like like the relationship just the fact that he always would say ditto you know not say things and i think you know we don't always say things and i think it's a great reminder of like you know saying things not just ditto but actually say the words yeah so i, I think it's 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 a pretty smart and, and i'm a, i'm a big i think i'm a big fan of this movie too just in the sense of um i like the writer um he had another movie called my life and that was the one with uh, so similar things, the theme of death. And it was mm-hmm. Michael Keaton. I don't know yeah. if he's ever seen that one. Yeah, yeah it's and great this movie. one, it's like, yeah, and it's the same writer, Ruben. And he basically, mm, I did not know that. the same themes, the same themes in his writing. And he has a certain style about him that's very like, um, it's just, it's just a really, it, it, it tackles deep issues, but you feel better about them in the, in the end. Like in the end, you feel like better about death in some ways. If you feel more at peace with it, I guess. Um, at least I do, like, and I did for both those movies, where this one is somebody trying to kind of get closure after he's already been, you know, murdered and, and, and taken way too soon. And the other one is a guy being taken too soon, but he has time while he's on earth, you know, with my life to kind of figure things out and hopefully get that closure. So it's just a, just like different time frames of the death aspect that the, the Ruben guy, the writer, um, Joel Scott Rubin, he just, I like his style. Until you had mentioned in my life, like I, and I've seen that movie a couple of times. I have not thought of that movie in a really long time, but I, that is a really good movie. That was the, um, it's Michael K. If you guys uh, Nicole, haven't seen this, Nicole, Nicole Kidman, Kidman, Michael Keaton, mm-hmm. he's, he's finds out that he's terminally ill, but his wife is pregnant and he's not sure he's going to make it to when the baby's born. So he starts to, I think he starts to videotape you yeah. know, himself as he's going through his days just so his child will have something 
to remember him by. Um, but a really good movie. I, I think that one's, I just looked it up. It's 93. So we'll do that one in a couple of years. But yeah, I, I remember really liking that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just want to jump in real quick, John, just to say a echo your, what your comments were and, 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 you know, give a little, a little, uh, plus one, give my own little ditto that, uh, yeah, I, uh, the, the, the death and the talking about death and the grieving and the whole, that, that really kind of hit home <laughs> this mm-hmm. time. So, yeah. uh, well, this was the first time I'd seen the movie, but uh, for all the things that you mentioned as well, that, yeah, it really, um, and, I, and I don't think that was a coincidence. I don't think it was just, oh, well, you know, my mother passed two months ago, and so I'm thinking about it. I, I, think, if, I, I think if I would have seen this movie, you know, 10 years after that, I still would have had that. I think testament to how well it's written, mm-hmm. echoing what Dennis just said, uh, you know, just how well it's written in terms of giving you closure and taking difficult uh, um, topic matter and making you feel okay about it. If I can repeat what Dennis just said. So anyways, yeah, completely agree with what you guys are saying. Well, and that's, and that's the funny thing about, I think that's the funny thing about that is that the kind of watching some of these movies after dealing with the death of a, a friend or a family member, like you said, you've just, you've very recently gone through that. And, and I, you know, I think all the rest of us have gone through, you know, those experiences in one form or another, but um, you know, I will find that if, if a movie does that well, if a movie handles the death or the grieving process or whatever, and, and does that well, I was not, you know, I, I was not someone that would, you know, tear up in movies or, or get, you know, be, emotionally affected a lot of times by movies even you know I'd, I'd watch movies like ghost and movies like this before and i was just like oh you know that's that's really sad that's you know that's that's tough i can i can see how that would be tough for them and it just having now gone through some of that even though i'm separated from it by by several years it's it's still like this time watching it this time i was like oh man i'm <laughs> i'm having a little bit of trouble in this scene so it's I, I think that's a testament to a movie that does that well that kind of pulls you in and you know not that it not that it makes you feel miserable about it, but it just, you kind of, it, it, it causes you to relive some of that for a moment, but I don't, at least for me, not necessarily in a bad way. It was just more of a, you know, I, I can empathize with these people because I, I know what that's like. And, you know, and I, I think that's the, I think that's the testament of a good movie that if they can do that and, and kind of make you feel that, then I think they've done their job. Yeah. Well, and, and, and like you said, it's not a, it's not done in a bad way um, in the sense that you go back and you now feel and relive everything and you're like now miserable and depressed. I feel it goes back into kind of almost a, a solidarity of like somebody's tapping into emotions that you felt mm-hmm. and you realize that somebody else actually wrote about this. You may not consciously think that, but you're experiencing it with someone else. And there is a certain comfort in that because one, I think the biggest things about grieving is everyone does it differently and you don't know, you know, you can write all the sympathy cards and everything else and nothing's going to ever really touch on what that person's dealing with mm-hmm. in their own way. So when you get to a movie like this and, and you feel those emotions, there is a little sense of somehow it gets near it. It doesn't maybe hit it on the head hundred percent, but it gets near it and there is some sort of uh, cathartic or just a, an ex, just an experience that it almost feels like someone else gets this, who wrote this and it, and it went somewhere without where, where I, where I've been. And well, that's going to pull up emotions, but not like send you into a spiral downward. In fact, it is more comforting. Right. End, I think it's like, it's like when, when people are saying, well, what are we going to do now? You know, kind of going through that, you know, we'd all kind of sit around and say, well, what are we going to do now? And it was like, well, 
we're all going to just make sure we're together. We're going to tell the stories. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the loss of my mom and, and, you know, I take great comfort in just telling the stories about my mom to people and hearing them tell stories about their loss and their loved ones. And that's what the beauty of this movie is, is it, it feels like you're sitting there and just having someone share their story. And, and so it's, do you know what I'm saying? So it's like the comfort, the comfort of friends, um, telling the story and you're here. Oh man. And like you said, look at how that, you know, here's their story. This is what they're going through. And that gives you comfort because it's, it's, it's like the sharing and the storytelling amongst friends. Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and there's a, you know, in the experience of a movie like that, like you said before you've experienced maybe a death or close, something close like that. I remember, um, I would like tell the kids in my classes and stuff too. Like I can look into the audience and when I see kids watching a movie and some kids tear up, some kids don't. I used to always like wonder why didn't these kids tear up and why did these kids tear up? How are these kids not feeling enough or they don't have enough empathy or whatever. But it's also, it's not that I realized it was, they never experienced this in real life yet. They haven't gone through this yet. They've been sheltered from that or just spared from it yet. Where these other kids, you know, it was grandpa who died, you know, somebody else in their family that was close to him. And, and I think when you, when they go and revisit that movie, they'll have that different experience and different layer to it. So like, a movie that came to mind was also another one, What Dreams May Come. Yeah, I love that movie. Um, I remember seeing that with a college friend, and we were both older, and we had both experienced that. And we brought the the, the two teenagers, who I think were like 14, you know, a couple, her sister, and they got walked out, and they were like, you know, it was good, but we didn't really, it was okay. You know, we were like, wow, that was a great movie. Mm-hmm. And then later on, I talked to that person about 15 years later, and all of a sudden they're like, I saw that movie and that was like the best movie ever. Oh my God. Well, what was the difference between them? They had lost somebody, you know, and they were affected by friends with suicide and things like that. And it was like their life experience, the filters that they go through now had more meaning. So the, it uncovers more layers of the movie. And that again is testament to the writing that you could enjoy it without it. But then you get it deeper and deeper when you've experienced things and see it again. Yes, very much so. So we've talked about the story. We've talked about the writing of this movie and how we kind of think that this is, you know, that they, they took that shared experience of, of death and grief and, and the helplessness on both sides, the helplessness of, you know, Patrick Swayze's character and the helplessness of Demi Moore's character um, and how they did such a great job with that in the storytelling. So what about the actors themselves in terms of performances? Um, which acting performance, if you had to choose one acting performance from this movie, which one do you like best in this movie? And, and I will, I'll start this off by saying, I thought it was funny. One of the quotes that I saw from the director, uh, Jerry Zucker, uh, apparently after he saw Roadhouse, um, someone had mentioned to him that they should get Patrick Swayze to play this part. And apparently he's quoted as saying, over my dead body, will Roadhouse Patrick Swayze ever play this role? Wow. So, well, Roadhouse and, Patrick Swayze didn't play this role. Right. Patrick, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ghost Patrick Swayze played this role. Right. And that's why he's, you know, awesome. Yeah. So if you had to, if you had to pick one acting performance, if you had to take one actor from this movie and their performance, which one do you like best? I'm going with Patrick Swayze. Mm-hmm. It was, it's probably my favorite Patrick Swayze role mm-hmm. with, except for it, well, like two of them. And it's funny because it was Roadhouse in this one. So if you go back and I think, you know, good Patrick uh, Swayze movies, it's, Roadhouse for that kind of tough guy look thing, and then you got this one for the other kind of depth of his acting. What about what? I about just think he, I just think the looks, the looks, and everything else. He, he nails it. I think it's a perfectly cast movie all around, but I think his role still struggling with that whole you know being the spirit 
and, and losing and not being able to touch and do all these things. I think that really communicates that really well. Yep, definitely. But Dennis, I, I, I have to, what about, what about Pat, what about Patrick Swayze in Point Break? It's a good action movie and I did like it. Um, but I, for, I'm just telling you the two that stick out for me is, are, I, it trumps it. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. not by a lot, but it, it, it does beat it. Yeah. Point no, that's, good. that's cool. But I think at Point Break, I think Kino too. Kino, you know, I think Kino Reeves and, mm-hmm. and him. Where when I think Roadhouse, I just think Patrick Swayze. Although right. Sam Watterson's in there too. Mm-hmm. But I think it's Sam Watterson. Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott, that's right. Yeah, it wasn't Sam I have a little bit of trouble with this one because I, I would I would also echo all of that and say Patrick Swayze that this mm-hmm. is probably of of his movies this is probably my favorite movie of his. Um, although I did really enjoy I Roadhouse when we watched that it was last year. Um, I had never seen Roadhouse before, and so mm-hmm. I had only heard either bad or goofy things about it. So when we watched it, I was like, oh, actually, I I really like this movie. Um, you know, I I. I want to go with him, but at the same time, I, this movie to me is not this movie without Whoopi Goldberg. So I, yeah. I think I got to go with Whoopi Goldberg's part in this um, because it's just not, if you don't have her role in this movie, it's not the same film. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I could almost see, I could almost see replacing Patrick Swayze with a different actor and still having this movie be a good movie. But I mm-hmm. don't think that you could have replaced Whoopi Goldberg with any other actress or actor and have it be the same movie that it became. Okay. All right, well, I'll, I'll agree to disagree on that one. I mean, I think like, and I say it's a perfectly cast movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's a perfectly cast movie. So I think, you know, while I agree, if you take out Whoopi Goldberg, it totally hurts this movie. But at the same time, I don't see, I can't see anybody else. I, I for, just in hindsight, me, I just can't see anybody else replacing Patrick. Yeah. Who else would you, who could you see? Maybe a Brad Pitt. Um, Meet Joe Blackish type of thing. Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, thinking of, you know, thinking of who would have been around at the time to play that part. Um, I don't have a good replacement. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to remember a lot of times when I'm reading the IMDb stuff, they always talk about, you know, who else was offered the role. I'm curious about that. Being Mel Gibson. Mm. Could Mel Gibson have done that? that time? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It seems, I suppose at that time, maybe I'm, I, I can't picture it now, but <laughs> yeah, no, not now I'm saying younger. Yeah. Yeah. I think if there's so, yeah. So Bo, what you were talking about when they usually put in the, who, what other people were yeah. um, considered for this role. So that says here on IMDb, many actors that included Kevin Bacon, Alec Baldwin, Nicholas Cage, Kevin Costner, Tom Cruise, Johnny Depp, David Duchovny, Harrison Ford, Mel Gibson, Tom Hanks, uh, Paul Hogan, Jeez. Kevin Klein, Dennis Quaid. <laughs> Not Paul Hogan, please. Paul Hogan. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Mickey Rourke, John Travolta, and Bruce Crikey. Willis. I think Nicholas Cage would have been interesting mm-hmm. back then. A couple of those could have pulled it off. Alec Baldwin would have been interesting back then, too. Mm-hmm. Back then, he was still chiseled, Alec Baldwin. Right. Huh. Yeah, Paul Paul Hogan would have been interesting. You get that whole scene where you get that whole scene where he's where he's being mugged in the alleyways. <laughs> That's not a gun. That's not a gun. <laughs> How about Paul Rubens? Well, that oh, that'd be a very boy. different movie. Pee Wee's Pee Wee's Big Haunting. Oh, Ditto. Oh God. Ditto is the uh, Ditto is the secret word of the day. You have to scream every time somebody says it. There's things about me that you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I'm my>. <sighs> 
Mm. Bo, who's your who's your uh, who's your? I'm in the, I'm in John's camp. I, I think Whoopi is is amazing in this. I I don't know that I'm as far deep into the Whoopi Careful. camp as John is, where I think uh, the movie would be. You know, I I don't know that I'm that far down that rabbit hole, but I agree that her performance is amazing. The the way she has to um, shift characters when she's possessed, quote unquote. And some of the things she has to do in those scenes, it was it was a, an amazing performance from her. And I think she's one of the things that made me enjoy this movie that in my head I wasn't ready to enjoy. So mm-hmm. I gotta I gotta go with Whoopi on that one. Got it. I guess I'm gonna like I don't know if other people I don't know if other people feel the same way, but I think looking at somebody like Patrick Swayze back then as a male, you're kind of those are some of those actors, Brad Pitt, that I don't know, I will be the first admitter that you sometimes get a little bit jealous of. You know, where you're like, what's so hot about him? He's like, you know, five feet, whatever, tall. And you like, like in our heads, we kind of like, because you know, all the girls go crazy over Patrick Swayze. I mean, that wasn't, you know, he's one of those names that when they throw out the heartthrob, it's Patrick Swayze, it's Tom Cruise, it was, you know, it's, it's Brad Pitt. So I think a lot of guys secretly have a little bit of a kind of a jealousy of like, you know, oh, he's not so much, he's, he's not that great. Well, in this movie, so a lot of times in certain movies, that's why I think Roadhouse, and especially in this movie, you you get you're you're on his side you're like 100 in his camp mm-hmm. and i think that's why it works for me where it's like you know what i cannot no matter how much i want to dislike him for being so darn hot you know to everybody else in the world i'm like uh, i can't i can't on this one yeah so I think I, that's like that's why the role was so well so good for him because mm-hmm. i think it, it made me a patrick Swayze fan after that to uh not 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 saying that uh not saying that Dennis needs backup on this one, um, but I'm just going to say uh, I'll. I'm. I was torn and listening to everybody's comments. I'm. I was torn between okay, how am I going to pick the one favorite um, performance because I'm a I'm a pretty huge Whoopi Goldberg fan, and um, I think she's I think she's pretty awesome in in her unique way. Uh, she's pretty awesome in um, just about every role that she uh, that she she takes on. Um, but I'm going to, uh, I'm going to put my, if I just go gut reaction, you know, don't think just react. I'd have to say Patrick Swayze is my favorite, uh, uh, performance in this movie. And it's funny because, uh, you know, Dennis, I hear what you're saying. And, um, I, uh, you know, I'm just going to say that the, the, the 13 year old inside me, well, I'd like to think the 13 year old inside me is the one that like looks in the mirror and says, dude, what do I have to do to like look more like Patrick Swayze? Cause that guy's just, he's a stud. That guy's awesome. He can do everything. He can dance. He can surf. He can do martial arts. He can fight. He can, I mean, he can, you know, his five. He's funny. I know. And he's got that intensity. Like the way he walks, like when he's in a hurry, like when he's trying to get somewhere and he, the way he walks, it's just, it's, there's an, there's like this quiet. There's a confidence. Yeah. And I was going to say like this, this, and it's all the things that we often lack, so that's why we hated him so much. Right. Well, and it's we didn't hate him, hate him. You know what I'm saying? But like, you just had like this. Ugh. Yeah. Why does he have to be? So I feel like everything perfect? you just described, Pat, is the band director. So I think you're already there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. You know what? That was that was going to be that was that was who they should have cast in the role of um, of uh, of uh, Sam Wheaton or whatever the guy's name was. Yeah. Um, there was no love story in the band director, though. There was no love interest. Well, I, there's always room for a sequel. That 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 ended up on the that ended up on the cutting room floor. Mm-hmm. Um, but the closest I, there was a love interest was you and Reardon on top of the roof fighting. Yeah, it's that's right because some guy said just 
dance around and hit each other. <laughs> um, so I, but in, 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 as a follow-up to the conversation about, you know, can you replace someone or who else would be in this role? And, you know, like Whoopi Goldberg is, is such a unique personality and such a, such a, such a wonderful uh, personality to see on screen. Of course, like, you know, you can't imagine a list of 20 people that would play that role. On the flip side, Patrick Swayze absolutely nailed this. And for all the reasons that we're talking about, um, you know, we're like jealous of him. But then you see there's this list of like 40 people that, you know, they were going to, oh, we, we could have put this guy in there. Or we could have put this guy in there. But I think when you have a movie like this that is so well done and so meaningful, I mean, you know, put aside the question, does it hold up? But I mean, it's just such a great story. You can, and, and, and it will speak to you depending on where you're at in your life. Um, a 15-year-old will see this movie differently than a 40-year-old. will see that movie differently than someone that has experienced loss to someone that is maybe, you know, so on and so forth. Betrayal of a friend even, you know? Yeah. And so I anybody's think, experienced betrayal between friends. It's like it touches oh on all God. those things. Yeah, I, we're we're totally leaving that out. Um, yeah. But I think what I think why the struggle of oh my gosh, can you replace this person or can you not? I think because this movie is in such balance that if you, if yeah, okay, maybe they could have put Tom Cruise in there, or maybe you could have put, and I'm sure they would have done a bang up job. But the movie, it's like guys, we got it it's a lock. Like it's solid. Like this is like a back to the future or a gremlins or you fill in the blank with like that handful of movies that are just perfectly balanced, just awesome. And I think that's why it's so shocking to us to think about, could we replace someone? It's just because everything worked. It just, it all clicked. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it, this movie really, it's just, it's like playing NBA Jam back in the day when you make enough shots and you get on fire and you just, you can't miss. And that's exactly what this movie did. It hit all the shots. It's just, it's on fire. It's just, you can't miss. And that's why thinking of, oh, well, could we take this person out? Or I think we could take this person out. That's like, mm, boy, I, I don't know. Just because we're seeing something that's on such a high level already. So anyways, that's just my thoughts. So is there anything about this movie that doesn't work? I mean, I think we've, we've said, you know, Dennis, you said it's cast perfectly. We've said the writing in this is great. That's, I think we've, we've all said really positive things about this movie. Is there anything about this movie that does not work for you? For me? No. I mean, like I think at the time with the special effects they had, I think it was still creepy enough with the, you know, the kind of the spirits kind of the the dark spirits coming. That's the shadow people. Yeah. That stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't come off as cheesy. Mm -mm. Um, I, I really, I really don't think so. I think, like I said, I'm not elevating it to like, you know, the, the, the best movie in the world, but for what it was trying to do for the story it was telling for the cast that was there, everything tends to work. And I think it's just like, that's those movies that I go back. Why would you ever remake ghost? You'd never remake ghost. Because why would you try? Because it was perfect for what they had with the elements they have. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's the best movie in all of you know, the history of film. But for what it is, for the story it was trying to tell, it's perfect in that sense. So to me, I, there's nothing I walked away going, this should have been. And I was honestly, I was shocked when you said the, the, the length of it. I was totally shocked by that. This was what, two, what did you say? It was two hours and... It was like two hours and five minutes or... Uh, that, that doesn't feel like a two hour and five minute yeah, movie. Two hours and seven which minutes. Which is, an, again... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's not a two hour and seven minute movie to me. I would I would have guessed about an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it definitely moves because real well, and it's the pace It moves well. There's no slow parts, exactly. Nope. So to me, I couldn't go back and go, well, they could have cut out this. So they, to me, it was like, if that's a two-hour and seven-minute movie, and I didn't notice it, well, I don't know what else I would change. Because usually it's an editing decision when you ask, what would you change? If you're not changing a cast member, I'm changing the pace, or I'm changing, like, they should have thrown this out, or they should have added more of this. And for it to feel like a nice hour and a half, you know, entertaining movie uh, and moving all in, you know, in doing it in two, and, two hours and seven minutes, it's kind of like some of the Lord of the Rings ones that really work where it's like, wow, I really stand at the theater that long. I can feel like that, you know, and that's when it's working. So really, I, I would say there's nothing I could that stick, sticks out for me. I think it's just pretty well, just well done overall, all around. I'd like to point to special effects or something or the soundtrack or, but all that works, you know, and I know you can probably get into the Righteous Brothers question, but um, like that scene is perfect. That song, perfect. Like everything, it's just good choices all around. When, when you're just firing on all, all cylinders, it's, I don't know what else I would change after that. And cycling back to the actors and actresses did a fantastic job of just emoting exactly what they needed to. And I'll say something mm -hmm. about the special effects. Um, you know, I don't, I don't like the scary stuff, but I'll tell you when all that, like the, the, the good spirits and then the little creepy crawly ghost things that came out. Wow. And, and I mean, I'm sure that it was like the effects of the day and 10 years later, you would have had more CGI and blah, 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 blah. But I, I almost think that sometimes those older movies that are limited in terms of what they can do compared to today, as long as you're working within the limits that you have, that makes it, that will make it incredibly scary mm -hmm. because like you never really focused on anything. So it's like, you got a shadow coming after you and it's like, Dude, that's just straight up creepy. I mean, you know, oh, it, it I, I, I was terrified. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember what age I was when I first saw this movie, but I, those the shadow people stuff terrified me. And that must have that must have stuck with me because there have been times where I and I only I only remember this from maybe about high school or college on where I would have nightmares where I would wake up or I, I would think that I had woken up, but I was actually still dreaming and like shadows would come out and grab me and like try to kill me. And I'm like, when I would wake up in the morning, I was like, okay, that was just like ghost. Like that's, it's like that, that terrified me the first time I saw that in ghost. And somehow that's now lodged in my mind. And every once in a while, I'll still have a nightmare of, and I can still hear even like the same sounds that those shadow people make in the movie. Um, when I'm, if I'm having one of those nightmares, it's the same sound. It's the same kind of feeling and visual and, and everything else. So that was clearly something that stuck with me. And I know some people, you know, I think, I think I remember comments like about whether I've read it before or something, I don't know, maybe it was reviews or whatever. Some people didn't like the, the special effects. They thought they, they were kind of cheesy, but I don't remember them being cheesy. So <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> on the original watch or the one recent one, which was in the last what year or so, you know, I, I, I'm, if I'm pulling out a stretch here, if I were to say anything and I just thought about this, um, you know, before I used to think about this too, I'm like, one of the most minor like things I could stretch to try and get here would be like, I wonder if Demi Demi Moore had longer hair. Would I like that? Okay. The shorter? Do I like the shorter Demi Moore? Do I like the longer? And I, you know, and I'm and when I throw it in there now, I'm like, I don't know if I like the long. And I normally would go, I'm totally long haired Demi Moore. But in this movie, does the short hair work? I don't know. I think I guess it kind of does. I'm just glad we're not getting too superficial. I'm glad we're. I was going to say. <laughs> I said I'm, that's when that's when you're picking. You know, when you got to pick something like that, I mean, it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. And it was more of a it was more of a pondering. It wasn't really a criticism. It was a mm -hmm. hmm. 
you know, what if Demi Moore had longer hair? I'm talking like uh, about last night, Demi Moore? Yes. Yeah. I can see that. But then there was a certain quality about this one that, that has a certain charm to it with the shorter hairs. I don't know. The pixie cut it gave her that, you know, yeah. that artist vibe going on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I could see what people say about the shadow people special effects being a little goofy, but other than that, no, I think all the stuff with the, uh, all the stuff with the ghosts and the, the possessing of Whoopi went well. So I wouldn't complain about any of those effects. I think the only thing that's funky is the shadow people. I think we talked that to death. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no, it, it, it defied my expectations on this rewatch. I was very excited. I was not, I had very low expectations going in. I don't remember enjoying this movie before. Um, I don't know why I didn't enjoy it before because I loved it this time. Maybe I just wasn't old enough to appreciate it, maybe, Yeah. when I first saw it. But no, there's nothing I can point to that says, oh, geez, if they had done anything but that, it would have been fine. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we've, we've said it all, but I think it just, it brings all the right mix of everything to bear and i and i don't know about i mean i think of like long-term thoughts about this in certain ways like how i you know i always think when do i think of this movie and i don't think about it all the time but it is one of those things that if i'm walking down the street with somebody and you're near an alley or you're near a place there's a, there's an interesting thought about like how would you handle that situation and i, I do refer like i'm thinking back to what he did you know mm-hmm. and how it, the death scene of him and him getting shot was just like whoa like it could be like that mm-hmm. that quick and that for no reason and no apparent reason at the time. Yeah. But so I always think of that, like walking down with somebody at night and near a dark alley or near an area. And you know, it's an interesting, like I, I that's the one scene, probably the only other place uh, scene I think of that is like, you know, Batman and his, you know, Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. you know, people getting shot in an alley somewhere. And it's just like, so I always think of that when I'm walking down certain alleys, like you get a little minor flashback to a movie. Yeah, this is why I don't go out at night. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh for me, you know, there I mean there's a lot of things as as we've talked about there's a there's pretty much everything in this movie works and you know one of the things that we haven't really mentioned yet is um Tony Goldwyn's character between him and between um uh Willie Lopez, I great villains. Um you know, just slimy enough for what his for what his villain is supposed to be, you know, Tony Goldwyn being the guy that you know, you, you find out later on that he's the one that betrayed his own friend, got him killed all for this money deal, um, you know, and then tries to move in on his grieving, uh, you know, girlfriend. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and and just that, you know, just that you mentioned earlier about how I think sometimes with somebody like a Patrick Swayze that, you know, guys might look at that and be jealous of him. But you you get that scene where he's in the apartment with her and he you know spills the wine on his shirt on purpose so he can take his shirt off. And it, and you're just sitting there and you're on Patrick Swayze's side. You're like, you know what? If I could reach through the TV and punch this guy, too, like yeah. Patrick Swayze can't punch him right now. And neither can I. But I'd help him punch this guy if I could. Yeah. Um, you know, so I thought he was he was a great villain, too. If I had to pick something that didn't work for me in this movie, it might have been. Demi Moore's performance before um, Patrick Swayze's character dies because and and she's never really been one of my favorite actors but it's just something about I mean I'm fine once once he dies and she's you know they weren't married so she's not a widow but you know she's the grieving girlfriend Um, and when her performance is a little bit more subdued and, and things like that once he's died that makes sense I think before he died it was it was a little bit wooden in terms of her performance. And I think that that may just be 
the that may be just what I'm used to seeing from her. I haven't seen a lot of her movies, but um, you know, I, she's never really struck me as being a really strong actress in that way. So I, that would yeah. be the only thing if I had to pick something. I'd say you know her performance uh, pre-death of Patrick Swayze's character. Um, that'd be the only thing that doesn't work for me in this movie. Otherwise, the rest of it all good. That's fair enough criticism. Yeah, I think it's all right. All right. Uh, do we, before we jump into our three questions, anybody got anything else you want to say about Ghost? Do you have a well, real quick? Do you have a favorite uh, favorite quote or favorite moment in the movie? I like I like when he meets the guy on the train. I mean, that was kind of an intense scene. Yeah, um, yeah. I was gonna say the subway. The subway. Yeah, the subway. Yeah, the main, then, Yeah, uh, I always think of that guy Vincent, whatever that weird actor. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. Schiavelli, I think weird. is his name. Yeah. 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 The the Matrix the Matrix scene. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. The Matrix scene. The subway fight. But then, but then also I um, I I kind of like, not that I like it, but I like the way, um, they filmed the the part where he died, where he goes chasing after the guy down the alleyway, and all of a sudden he looks mm. back, and it's like yep. he's. I mean, that was just that was just really cool the way they did that, um, and very, very powerful. I mean, that was kind of like. I, and it was like, I didn't even process what happened um, because it was like, bam. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. I'm like, oh, wait. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I mean, it really, I, I thought that scene was was pretty powerful. Yeah, that's good. The scene when it, it's too, it's just goofy. It's the, the crazy scene when he comes back to see Whoopi and she's got all the other ghosts around talking to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she like, she's she's talking to Patrick Swayze, but everyone else is in the room and no one person in the room really knows what's going on except Whoopi. Mm-hmm. I think that one just cracks me up just because of the freneticness of it. I think that's the right word. Yes. Yeah, Dang baby. What'd you do to your hair? <laughs> yeah. That whole, that whole thing is good. I'm going to go with, uh, I think the closure scene at the end, I think, uh, you know, it's building to that where there was that connection at the end and there's the closure. And I think that's, you feel, you know, they're ripped apart from each other so early and can't fully communicate each other with each other. And then finally you get that closure scene at the end and he can move on. And that's a sense of, um, you know, the peace and comfort, I guess, in a, in a bad situation. So, uh, I mean, I, I like, I like past the subway one. That one's one that sticks out for me too. And when he dies and he's realizing the look on his face, mm-hmm. you know, and he realized what's happening and that he, he died. Um, so Pat already stole those two. So I'm going to go ahead and, and jump in with the closure yeah i think the tearful goodbye at the end i mean you, it builds the whole movie up until that moment and you know you, you cared about them and, that, and then there's at least that moment they get mm-hmm. yeah I'd, I'd say probably the very end um you know as he's got to say his final goodbye and that's probably it. that that for kind of the the serious moment of the movie i think the other if i'm going a funny moment of the movie it's going to be as soon as uh Odame walks into the bank and that whole scene of from you, the moment she walks into the bank and she's got to pretend to be Rita Miller to the moment she walks out and has to give the check to the nuns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoopi Goldberg at her finest. All right. Well, let us jump on into our three questions then. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point 
in your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, so three questions this time around. Question number one, what, what is the best use of a Righteous Brothers song in a movie, Top Gun or Ghost? Ghost. That was, that was fast. Top <laughs> Top Gun. Yeah, I think I got to say Top Gun too. That's I love it. So I, as usual, I'm going to cheat and I'm going to say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, both. I, well, for for its use in the movie, I got to go Ghost because it did get reused in the in the yeah. themes of the movie. You know, it was incorporated in throughout the rest of the movie. Um, you know, in Top Gun, it was just I. And when I say this, I don't I don't mean it in a negative way, but it was kind of just used as a gimmick. It was the one scene. Um, you know, probably one of the best scenes in the movie where they're singing along in the bar. I mean, great scene, love the scene. Um, but I think for use throughout the movie, I think you get more mileage out of it in ghost. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'd say for sing along purposes, top gun for best use in a movie, I would go ghost. That's true. You know what? And I, I gotta be honest with you now that you mention it, I'm getting that one mixed mixed up with um, they do take my breath away is kind of the more prevalent theme in there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sticking. Yeah, the one, and that, that would be my example right there. I almost had to think at first because I haven't seen Top Gun in a while. And I kept thinking when you, when you first posed that question, I'm going, wait, which song was it that they used in there? And then yeah. I'm like, okay, I know which one it is. But it, I had to hesitate. Where if you tell me Ghost, there's no way I'm, I'm forgetting which. So I think the more iconic and longer lasting impression was the use in Ghost. Yeah. Where it's still really good, obviously, in Top Gun. I just don't think. If you survey, you know, nine out of 10 people, I think they're going to get ghost over that. Although I'm going to say this though, they do play it in Top Gun at the end. They play it at Top Gun at the end when she, when Charlie comes walking back into the bar and then you see the, the, uh, the F-14 Tomcat go off into the sunset with that music playing. Um, I mean, for me, that gives me all the feels right Mm -hmm. there. And then when the, when it, and I want to say it's, you've lost that love and feeling. I don't think Mm -hmm. it's take my breath away. No, it's you've lost that love and feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So when you see when you see the Tomcat at the end, and then they're playing that, and then they they go into the um, baby baby baby, and all I'm way off key, but they go to that part of the song and they start showing all the pictures of the actors or all the characters pop up on the screen. That and then they start with Goose. I mean, I that that kind of gets me. You know what I'm saying? So I I I at first I was I was like, well, wait a minute now. When when do they actually use the song? But yeah, just if if for nothing else it's a gimmick that then just makes that whole end piece of top gun where um you know it starts with her coming back and playing the song and them reuniting and then it builds into the plane to the credits with all the all the characters and the pictures and all that i I don't know i uh i think that's pretty effective so all right question number two if you came back as a ghost and had to haunt a place what building or place would you want to haunt I'm going to go either some type of a library, bookstore, or a movie theater. I was going to say movie theater. Yeah. I think a, a, a real theater, like a, like a playhouse, mm-hmm. or a bar. Okay. Maybe both. A playhouse <laughs> with a bar? I'm in. There you go. I, I, would have to, uh, uh, I would have to haunt like a woods, like a woods around a lake mm-hmm. or something. Like I, I would just have to be out, just kind of, I'd have to be out there. You're going to be that jogging ghost in Ghostbusters? Yeah, something yeah. like that. I, go, I mean, I think it all depends on what type of ghost you plan on being, too. 
Are you going to be the scary mean ghost or kind of the, you know, Casper ghost? When I die, I don't plan on being one of the shadow people. So, because if I'm in the movie theater, I could still mess with people with their popcorn, you know, and totally. Your uh, people in the dark, easy. Plus, you get to see cool new movies. You know? Well, see, that's all I was going for was just to get to watch movies. I wasn't going to mess with people. I just, I just want to just be kind of like, you know, I just kind of want to be one with nature. I wouldn't need to appear to people or chase people around, but I'd like to just go hang out with the, you know, the, the, the wood golems and the, the water spirits and all that kind of stuff. And just kind of, I think that's just what I'd like to do. Just kind of like, you know, just in, inhabit a place, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of my thing. Yeah. All right. Question number three, our final question for tonight. Um, I always confuse. Now I'm going to choose two other people, but um, I always confuse the actor Tony Goldwyn, who's in this movie, with the actor Aiden Quinn, because to me, those two actors look almost exactly alike. Um, so what are two actors or celebrities that you always get confused with each other? And I, I feel like somebody else is going to steal mine right away. So I'll, I've gotten go ahead. better in the past few years, but I used to confuse Amy Adams and Isla Fisher. Mm. okay all the time still do it once in a while but i've gotten better i was, I was looking up a picture real quick just to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i love fisher from wedding crashers if that helps everybody yeah yeah and then amy adams of you know amy adams fame <laughs> what's what's yours john because i don't want to i don't want to accidentally steal it on you mine is jessica chastain and bryce dallas howard yes Ooh, let's go been now. there done that yeah Okay, so let's say I don't look them up on the computer. Mm-hmm. Who are they? Uh, so Bryce Dallas Howard, she is in the uh, she's in the Jurassic World movies. Oh yeah, okay, now I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Jessica Chastain, I am going to blank out on uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Yes, that's okay. the one I always think of. She's yeah. been in more, but that's the one that. Right. Yeah, because a lot of times I'll, I mean I'll see each one of that and I'll completely confuse which one has been in what movies and uh, she was in, let's see, Jessica Chastain was also in interstellar. Yep. Um, she was in, I'm just looking up a couple things real quick. She was in the Martian. Um, yeah. Zero dark 30. Yeah. Whole bunch of stuff. Okay. But yeah, I get the two of them confused, but, but the two actors and actually there was a third one and I cannot remember who it was now. Um, but the ones that both Sharon and I would constantly get confused were Tony Goldwyn from this movie and Aiden Quinn. And okay. cause we, sometimes we'd look at this one and be like, Oh yeah, that's that guy from uh, Benny and June. Or I'd see yeah. him in um, uh, what else was Tony Goldwyn. And I'd see him in like the last samurai. And I think, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's that guy from the, and I would list off a movie that was actually Aiden Quinn. So, and I know there's a bunch of actors out there that look like each other. So, but that would be mine. That Jessica Chastain, Bryce Dallas Howard would be mine. Um, when I was younger, Joe Pesci and Brio Kirby. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Sure. So younger Joe Pesci. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, two weeks from now, I will have said uh, when we talk about the movie mermaids that um, Danny DeVito and Bob Hoskins, I always used to confuse them when, Ooh, yeah, when, I, was, yeah. when mm-hmm. I was a little kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when I say that in the future, you'll all know what I was talking about. Yes. Yes. Now, now that comment that you're about to make made sense. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't think these guys look anything alike, but I always confuse which one goes with which name. Um, and that is Robert Mitchum and Gregory Peck. They look mm. nothing alike. I, I know that, but it's always just like, I'll say, okay, the enemy below. That was Gregory Peck. No, that was Robert Mitch. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Robert Mitchum. 
no, Robert Mitchum was in 12 o'clock high. And then my dad will be like, no, Gregory Peck was in 12 o'clock high. Robert Mitchum was. So I always get which, I know what they look like. I just always get like, which name goes with which guy. I always mm-hmm. get that confused with the two of them. A little bit more obscure. There was two that I had, I, when you asked the question, I had to look it up before was um, Jason Reitman. He's a guy from up in the air. Mm, and then yeah. Adam Goldberg, Saving Private Ryan. Mm, okay. If you look if you look those two up, you'll, you know, like I was always like, and they're, they're not big enough actors that they stand out so much that it's like, oh, wait, is that that guy? All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for Ghost. That's going to do it for three questions. That's going to do it for Ghost. So thank you, gentlemen, gentlemen, for being here with me. Thank, thank you, John. You, John. Yep. Uh, Dennis, it was good to have you back. Yep, good to be back. So, Sorry about the voice. So now you're fine. You're fine. Uh, so we'll get you back here. We'll get you back here in like another eight months or so. <laughs> hey, my boy. Yeah. Um, well, and actually, we got we got to so we got to start talking about this at some point because we are not too far away from episode three hundred. So we got to mm. we got to start brainstorming some ideas for this. So I I got a couple ideas, but I'll off the air later on. We'll. We'll, we'll get some get some ideas flowing. Um, so we are still in the middle of our love is in the air month here in February. Uh, so next time next week, uh, Wild at Heart is our next movie. Um, Pat, I mean, I don't know what we're going to talk about next week, but um, have you had a chance to watch the movie yet? Uh, you know what? I, I, I Depending on what point you listen to this, I will have either watched it or I'm about to watch it. Mm-hmm. And I just... I'm like Tom Hanks in Big. I, I don't get it. Will you? Will you have already not yet regretted it? Yeah, okay. I, I'm thinking about not possibly regretting if I don't maybe watch it or not. Okay, all right. That's that's good to know. That's a good review preview. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't I just, know how to say that. I just, you know what? I just, I need someone to just kind of like explain it to me. Mm-hmm. Just, just explain it to me. That's all. Just explain to me what I'm missing with those movies. I don't. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I just don't know, John. I just yeah. don't know. We don't have time for explaining it. Let me, let me, there's no time. Let me sum up. Hopper uh, mm-hmm. Dink is Mary Buttercup in little less than half an hour. Um, yeah. And then after that, episode number 287 is Mermaids. And that will finish out the Love, and, Love is in the Air month. And then, oh. uh, then we go into March. And I know Pat feels so much <laughs> better about March. Because <laughs> love, love is in the air for Pat in March. <laughs> love, love is in the air for Pat. So yes. uh, for Pat moving forward, when we get into the, um, when mm-hmm. we get into the uh, planes and automobiles month. That's right. That's we, right. Line them up. Take them down. There we go. We start off with Air America. Bam. Uh, continuing with Memphis Bell. Mm-hmm. Days of Thunder. Woo-hoo. Cadillac Man. Yes. And then Ooh. if you want to get way ahead in April, that is our action and adventure month. We oh. have got uh, Dances with Wolves. Yes. The Hunt for Red October. Oh my gosh. Navy SEALs. Oh. And Rocky Five. <laughs> Thousand. Thousand. So yeah, Rocky Five Thousand. Oh, All right. Man. Well, so that's what we got coming up. So if you want to get ahead, if you want to watch some of these movies, if you want to get ahead, um, if I find that these is as I'm going through and kind of looking for things, if I find that some of these movies are on streaming services, I'll try to put the links up on our website or on Twitter, um, Instagram, all those spots. So if you want to watch these kind of along with us, if you want to kind of get ahead of the thing, get ahead of the game here and watch some of these, um, we'll try to put that out there and, and let you see where these are available so if you can go find these but uh that's what we got coming up for the next oh, couple months or so so we'd love it if you join us um you know either call in the voicemail line email tweet however you want to do that but we'd love to interact with you so um thank you for being here with us be excellent to each other go watch some good movies and then we will see you back here next month. bye toodles
Ditto.